Thanks for tuning in. My name is David. Today I'm with my sister Shira, and we're two Jews. Thanks for coming on. Um, so I'm interested in these like sure classes that you go to on Wednesday nights. Um, and so, you know, we were both raised in a fairly irreligious household um, and we're both kind of investigating our Judaism a bit, but you seem to be doing it a little more actively than I am right now. So I'd love to hear kind of how you found out about these classes and what they are. So we got introduced to Rabbi Mayor Dubrovsky through my husband's friends who through kind of, I guess their social network got connected to him. He's a young up and coming rabbi in the city and mm -hmm. super nice guy. And I got along with him really well on a friend level. So I guess over time, um, this class was kind of born where the rabbi was excited to be connected with young Jews. The young Jews were excited to be connected to a young rabbi who understood, you know, the challenges of being an observant or religious person in a modern day society because the two kind of don't always go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, so how, old, how old is the rabbi? Uh, or br under like... 30. I'm oh, not wow. sure yeah. specifically. And he grew up in a religious household. The father was a rabbi, grandfather was a rabbi. So he yeah. grew up in that world. Um, and it's been, it's been nice. It's been nice to feel connected to other Jews through, uh, I guess, a less formal way because like we meet going on Shabbat to synagogue and that kind exactly. of exactly. So he runs a Jewish center in New Yorkville, and mm -hmm. they have Shabbat dinners every so often, and those are nice. They're networking events too, but the Shur is especially nice because it's friends and friends of friends, so everybody's already comfortable, mm -hmm. and it's a pretty relaxed environment. So each week we basically talk about that week's parsha or portion of the Torah yep. that's read in synagogue. But we'll read an English um, translation, abbreviated version, and then we'll talk about the stories, what they mean, how they relate to today's society, our interpretation of different things. It's also a great opportunity for us to ask questions. Yeah. Oftentimes, we'll come up with questions about how does this make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, given what we know of the world today, how do certain stories make sense? Yeah over spans of time did the dinosaurs exist the same time adam and eve did things like that yeah okay and so why did you what in you interested you in doing it right like why did you think it was worth your time even like the like first time or, or generally what value do you did, um, did you hope to get i guess for me i the first time i went was out of curiosity because my husband had been going for a little longer and then finally I joined in mm -hmm. um, and the first time was curiosity what do we talk about what's the kind of forum I don't like the idea of being preached at yeah which I didn't think it was going to be but that's why I was a little um, tentative or I didn't know what to expect yeah and the thing that kept me going is the fact that I felt it was a very open comfortable forum to learn about the stories of our history mm -hmm. And be able to ask questions and kind of decide for myself how to interpret the stories, how to take those lessons and implement them in my daily life, things like that. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, that sounds really like the thing I'm hope like I would love to find as well, I guess, because like, you know, they, they the I've gone to a couple Saturday services and like it's interesting the small sermon they give about the Parsha or whatever. 
Um, but then there's like, you know, two hours around it of, well, one, Hebrew that I don't understand and, <laughs> and just prayer generally, which seems like very much tradition versus, you know, the, the more philosophy of it, right? So I, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in philosophy and I guess this is more of like a philosophical discussion around the basis of whatever the week's story is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's uh, the philosophical approach. There's also the ability for us to ask questions. And sometimes we ask questions that the rabbi hasn't thought of or he'll go back and consult with, you know, the, the older, more experienced rabbis or the ones who um, maybe have different interpretations than our rabbi's interpretation. So it's very interesting, really, to hear different people's perspectives because even the group of people that go, mm-hmm. some are Israeli, some are Canadian, some grew up in observant households, some had no religion at all and everything in between and every combination. How big is you the know, group? The largest we've had was maybe 20 people. Okay. Average is between 8 and 12 usually. Do you try to go every week? I do try to go every week. Uh, There have been nights where I've had to miss for other uh, obligations, and sometimes we've had to cancel class, you know, snowstorms and things like that. But everybody's committed to doing this, which is nice because unless we hear otherwise, we know it will be happening every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so why why do you want to have it as part of your life, right? Like, so why do you view it as important in a broader sense? So one thing that has become more important to me as I've got gotten older is my Jewish identity. So growing up in Thornhill in a Jewish household, I kind of took for granted that I was Jewish mm-hmm. and I never really had to think about much. We didn't really celebrate anything beyond yeah. the holidays. We rarely did Shabbat dinner, but I still felt a sense of connection kind of, to Judaism, just mm-hmm. being in our house and growing up where we grew up. Yeah. Then I moved away to university where I was the only Jew in yeah. my entire residence and one of a handful in my year at Trent. And I became almost more proud to be Jewish mm-hmm. and to teach others about the religion. So that's kind of where I took more of an interest in my own religion. Mm-hmm. And since moving back to Toronto after school, meeting and marrying my Jewish husband, we collectively want to have more Judaism in our lives, not from a religious standpoint, but from a traditional and spiritual standpoint, because we feel it's very important to both of us. And also, especially for when we'll eventually have kids, we want them to understand the traditions and the culture of our um, ancestors, our grandparents, and also feel that sense of connection and community. So that's the other thing it brings is feeling a sense of community outside of my normal group of friends or the people I, I um, hang out with through work, things like that. Okay. That, that makes sense. And so I'm interested now, like you're not, you say you're not as interested in like, let's say the, the tradition, the explicit religion of it, but mm-hmm. the rabbi who runs this would obviously be very religious. Um, does that leak in or what is that like, uh, the, the, the contrast there? Or is he very just open that most people there maybe don't like the religion or, or, or yeah, what's that kind of dynamic like? He's, 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 he's very open, so it makes it easy to share our opinions and ask our questions and everyone has their different level of observancy and what they feel comfortable with. So, mm-hmm. you know, some people that attend keep Shabbat, some don't, some keep Pesach, some don't. He stands by his traditions and his beliefs, him and his wife there have two sons and they, you know, she, she's also from an Orthodox background. So they're modern 
or orthodox with a modern Mm -hmm. twist, I'll say. And I feel like there's no judgment if we don't also abide by those rules, which is something I really like because I feel like with older generations, I don't want to stereotype, but Mm -hmm. typically there tends to be a level of judgment if you don't do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Whereas there's their judgment is removed in this forum where it's, hey, at least we're talking about it. At least we're doing something. Something's better than nothing. Yeah. And that actually meshes with, you know, what I a book I've read that says one of the core, a, a core belief in Judaism is the idea of not yet. And that like anyone who's trying, it's it's good and, and they don't have to be doing more than they're doing. Like it's it's the trying that matters. Right. We actually had a debate one class around if you had intention but couldn't do something, is that better than not even wanting to at all? And what was the conclusion? That, or... Depends who you ask. So um, I think the general consensus is that if you had the intention and something prevented you from being able to execute, that was better than not thinking about it at all. Mm-hmm. And did yeah. the rabbi agree with that? Uh, yeah. And then we talked about, you know, there's 613 mitzvot in the Torah that the perfect Jew is supposed to abide by, which by today's standard, we actually Googled it, you know, a couple hundred are physically impossible to do now. So how do you abide by all of these rules? Yeah, like different sacrifices and things like that. And then there are some that have been interpreted and reinterpreted over time Mm -hmm. to the point where now, you know, our interpretation of work on Shabbat is different than what it was back then. Mm-hmm. People didn't have computers then. How do you deal with a computer on Shabbat? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's over time, the the teachings around the Torah and the general rabbi population, the ones who make the interpretations, they're the ones who have to keep having these discussions as well. Yeah. But it's interesting to have them at our level because we're the ones who are implementing these things in our day-to-day life. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, I've, I've recently made a new friend who's an ultra-Orthodox, um, and he said that because it's more difficult than ever to be fully Orthodox, that he, like, it, it, he'll get more reward because of it, right? So, like, it was easier to be ultra or and I don't, I'm assuming this is based in some part of Judaism, but, um, yeah, it was the idea that it's it's far more difficult to to stick to your convictions and to do all of these things now and so it is that much more rewarding to be able to do it um which does seem to kind of validate my experience as i've tried to follow some more of the spirituality and and jewish practices as well that relative like it seems to be very hugely rewarding whereas if i was just in a in an environment where everyone was doing it then it doesn't seem like it would give that much reward i don't know it so yeah, that is, makes sense. Like, how difficult. do you stand out? Mm-hmm. What makes you stand out when you eventually get to the end place? Yeah. And decisions are made. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. No. Oh, so I was wondering, the other thing I find kind of interesting is, I guess, you said that like your husband and his friends are friends with this rabbi. And so that is something I find interesting because also... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your husband and his friends seem to be like a bit more on the like still party a bit side and and so it doesn't necessarily mesh with what I would think a a young rabbi would be about so you know obviously he wants to do his service to the Jewish community but it can you talk a bit about kind of their friendship dynamic and what or even yours and the rabbis like what is that like in terms of like peers 
I don't view him and his wife as a rabbi and a rebbitzin when we're talking as friends, which is nice. So, mm-hmm. you know, when they host about dinners, I'll sit down with the, the rabbi's wife and we'll just chat about life, thing, work, you know, we'll have a couple glasses of wine. Like there's, there's not that stereotypical um, hierarchy, I guess, when mm-hmm. we're we're sitting as friends and I mean we went away to Israel for a friend's wedding and the rabbi and his wife came and they attended the wedding as guests they weren't they didn't officiate I mean he got up and spoke during the ceremony said um some beautiful words but Mm. beyond that like it was just it was enjoyable so you you don't think about them as being a rabbi like when people think of rabbi they think of you know old men long white beards yeah you know a certain stereotype but that's changed and is continues to change as those people are retiring and new new life has to come into to every religion every um Mm. every person in that kind of leadership position yeah that that makes a lot of sense and so i'm wondering now i'm interested in how do you kind of compare and contrast a friend who is a, a devout religious person uh versus the you know most of your other friends i'd say the the only thing i consider is just being respectful where you know if we're doing something on a friday night understanding that they're not going to come but beyond that i don't really view them as any different in my mind from any of my other friends and i feel like zach and his group of friends also uphold that same kind of sameness does that make sense yeah yeah okay and so you know you you we've talked about kind of why you wanted to see go to these classes and and it it has to do with you know you wanting it in your life and in your kids lives um where did you or how did you come to that decision given that we weren't really we weren't really raised with it you know i've talked with some other friends about this as well but why why do you care uh, to have it in your life or in your kid's life when we, you know, despite what, you know, some of our, one, one of our parents in particular might claim, like we weren't really raised in a Jewish household by any means, in my opinion. So why do you care? I'd say we were raised in a Jewish household because we celebrated the holidays. We knew we were Jewish. We went to Hebrew school. So we did have that okay, yeah. foundation of knowing that we were of the Jewish religion. Yeah. I think that, you know, obviously we didn't do Shabbat dinners. We didn't go to synagogue every week. We didn't keep kosher. We didn't do those things, but that doesn't make us any less Jewish. Okay. That's right? fair. Um, I think f- I can't pinpoint, you know, an aha moment where I was like, ah, oh, I need to be more Jewish. Yeah. I think <laughs> there um, are some people who do have that moment of God or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> I think for me, the it's been a slow progression over time mm-hmm. where in reflecting on my heritage in meeting and marrying my husband and in f- thinking about what I want for my future, I feel like aspects of religion, any religion, provide some kind of guidance and construct by which to live your life. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you want to be a good person, look out for thy neighbor, you know, be respectful of others. Yeah. And within the teachings of Judaism and 
you know, that's, that's prevalent. I think for me, the more important thing, because that's how I grew up, that's how we grew up, is the traditions, the holidays, feeling that sense of connection to something, retelling our, the stories. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's kind of where I, I deem the importance should lie. Do I think I'll ever have a kosher household? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Do I know that I want to celebrate Shabbat dinner to have a place in our lives every week where we come together as a family and no phones no no, no phones we're present with each other we're think we reflect on our gratitude for our family our food our lives here in toronto like that's the kind of messaging i want to instill in my future family and and judaism presents a very good framework for it i guess right as, exactly as well We actually, this week in class, we had an interesting discussion on the moon Mm -hmm. because Jews follow the lunar calendar. And, you know, in some ways, people who follow the phases of the moon can be stereotyped as, you know, hippies or whatever you want to call it. No offense to anybody. But there's a lot of significance of the moon in Judaism, and I had no idea. Okay. So Rosh Kodesh, which is the start of the lunar cycle, the start of every new Jewish month, is considered a, an extra spiritual day. It's a, the ability for us to make that day something extra special because it's the start of a new cycle. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's other underlying things that I kind of think about in my day-to-day life that do have some kind of connection to, to the religion I didn't even realize. And, and I guess that's a, a huge value from these classes, right? Is just learning more about all of that? A hundred percent. I also find that like the... So my husband and I went to a couple of different synagogues and tested out a couple of different uh, holiday services for Rosh Hashanah. And we ended up really enjoying um, the Yorkville Jewish Center's one with our rabbi friend Mm -hmm. because he was relatable. It was easy to follow along. There were those moments of this is why this is important for us in our daily lives. This is how we should reflect on it. Mm -hmm. I also think that the the leader you follow needs to have the same values that you do yeah. in order to feel that connection. I mean, we went to a synagogue for a very long time, but I never felt any connection to it other than the fact that that's where our grandparents went. That's where our families went. That's where we went, but Mm -hmm. I didn't feel any connection to that congregation. Whereas I felt an immediate connection to this one because a lot of what was being said and discussed and preached was exactly how I feel and how I want to live my life. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. That's a conversation I've had with, you know, Christian and Jewish friends about how important it is to find that community because, you know, I started to try and go to shul at the one we went to as kids because I felt like, you know, our grandparents went there, they they helped build it or whatever, and mm-hmm. I just felt no connection at all. Um and so it's it's difficult to buy into the rest of it when you feel that like just surface level disconnect very easily. Yep. I agree with that. And I think that's why it comes down to understanding what you want out of it first, and then you can find the outlet to get it from. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm interested how often, I mean, you don't have to specifically quantify, but you know, how often are you in this class and it's something like that you actually see the implications of and, and it really resonates with you? Because they always try and relate it back to current life, to average life, and that kind of thing. 
does it mm -hmm. happen most of the time or is there a lot of misses? Um, um, I'd say most of the time there's some lesson that can be taken. Mm -hmm. So I think if you like my mindset is the Torah is stories of our past, whether they make sense by what we know today as how long a day is and certain, you know, behaviors and interactions between people and things like that, that if you try to directly equate the two, a lot of the stories don't make sense. But if you take them as stories captured at that point in time from those experiences and take the messages out mm -hmm. of why they were important, why they were captured, what one action led to another action led to another action. And here we are today. I think that if I look at it from that perspective, I can always take something out of each class. Okay. That's good. Does that make hear. sense? Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. And that's what I, I've been surprised even like the few times I've gone to shul, how well they've managed to make it relatable. Right. Mm -hmm. Even like, even when I don't feel that connected to, to the community, like they've done a, the, the ones I've gone to have done a fairly good job um, of, yeah, me seeing, seeing how it's uh, applicable. Um, and I actually recently, like one of the episodes of my Christian show that we did, we talked about a specific verse from the Bible, um, from the New Testament. And it was like amazing how, when you really dig into it, how, mu how many layers you can get from these, these ancient texts. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of, I guess, overall fascinated by young people going back to religion and it's like you know i'm i'm wondering if you have any thoughts in a broader sense or from your experience with this rabbi like how do we get more people to come back to it right is it is it a matter of just waiting until we have more young rabbis or you know i i see huge value in religion right and and i want to kind of help religion you know i've talked about this with my jewish and christian friends as well how do we get young people to see the value in it when, when, you know, largely it was deemed as silly when I was growing up, right? And, and, and not even worth considering. So I think there's different groups of people, obviously. Some that grow up devout, they maintain their devotion throughout their lives because that's all they know. Mm -hmm. There are ones who grow up secular and maintain their secularism because that's all they know and they don't necessarily feel the pull or the need for anything more mm -hmm. and then there are the ones who grew up either religious or secular and want the opposite mm -hmm. i think that having the ability to join a community that believes in the same things you do and holds the same values you do is the most important thing mm -hmm. whether that's judaism christianity uh, islam buddhism yeah. Whatever, whatever religion, whatever other um, interest people have, it doesn't even have to be a religion. Mm -hmm. If you can join a community that shares the same positive values you do, I think that would be a benefit to society. I think to drive more people towards it, it can't be forced down their throats. That's yeah. the other thing. People have to find it when they're ready mm -hmm. to find it and they want to to implement those changes or that community in their life if someone yeah. told me i had to go to this class i would say no yeah but it was my own decision to go and in doing so i realize how much i enjoy it how connected i feel so i i keep going mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. And I guess I'm, I want to kind of ask about a couple of times you've mentioned how like the, the rabbi and it's about values, sharing the same values. And it's, you know, in my history, I'd been told that like any Jew would share my Jewish values, right? So it's like you should just accept that at, at, its, at its surface level. Um, but so kind of what, what's an example of a value that you share with this rabbi that you felt hadn't been shared with, you know, other older religious people? Because, you know, if that makes sense. I wouldn't say that it's not shared by older religious people, but I never had these discussions or we never heard about it in sermons about, you know, for example, um, every day is a new opportunity to do something better and, and do something more positive and help those around you. And how, you know, darkness is the removal of light. So if you're in a dark room, all you feel is darkness. If you strike one match, suddenly everything becomes illuminated. So how can we be the light in the world to bring that positivity back to pretty dark times around us? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's those kinds of conversations, those kinds of values that I feel really draw me into this whole community I've now joined. And I don't remember ever hearing things in that way. It was more like you have to follow these rules because that's what the religion dictates. Yeah. Not this is the benefit of being part of a community that believes the same things that I do. Mm -hmm. And so what, um, what are your thoughts on kind of, you know, the Jewish community as a whole, right? So, you know, there were some people in our lives who thought they should engage their kids like very heavily and or solely in it versus, you know, we were kind of mostly not in the Jewish community, but we lived in a Jewish area and there were some aspects. Um, so like, I, I agree that the, I, I see huge value in the Jewish community, but it's like an interesting, like, how do you strike that balance? And I think it's something Jews have always kind of dealt with and struggled with yeah. is what is the, what is the right or best or, you know, trying to get the best answer of how to, how to sink your, your, um, cause we are such a small minority. So how to like sink that in, while still being a full part of the entire community? I think first we have to remove judgment from within our own community mm -hmm. because there are different levels of observancy and sometimes there will be judgment if you believe at a different level. So conservatives will judge the level of devotion that Orthodox people have. Conversely, Orthodox may judge the level of non-devotion that conservatives people observe mm -hmm. and I feel like we have to remove that judgment and all acknowledge that we do share the same heritage we do share the same ancestry and history and that should be what the community is founded on and what mm -hmm. you choose to do in your life and in your home shouldn't really bother your neighbor because that's up to you but at the end of the day as long as you're a good person doing good things for your family your community those around you, that's what it really needs to come back to. And I think that gets lost in many religions where people are focused on how good a Jew or how good a Christian or how good a Muslim you are mm -hmm. based on your own definition of what that is. Yeah. So you lose sight of the overarching message of religion, which is like, just be nice to each other. Yeah. And, and, and it's just a very well thought out 
process of, of why and how. Exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, I want to thank you. I, I appreciate you sharing those insights with me because, yeah, it's, it's obviously something I'm interested in and, and you know, there, I don't feel like there's a, a, as many opportunities in the Kitchener-Waterloo region. Um, but so it's very interesting. So I, I, I thank you for uh, coming on and, and sharing that with me. No problem. And thanks, thanks for having me. No worries. And thanks to everyone who's listening. I hope you found that interesting and, and maybe it'll in, in maybe it'll get you invigorated to uh, pursue a little more Judaism too. Uh, so that was Shira, I'm David, and we're two Jews. Tune in next